What's going on, people? It's Nate, owner of Fuller Wind Creatives, and we are back with another episode on our YouTube channel. Now, this is a new series right here. It's called Meet the Founder. Now, what is this series all about? This series right here is all about interviewing your boss, pretty much. Like, have you ever interviewed your boss? Like, a lot of people, they go into a job or something like that, and usually they're the, they are the one that on the receiving end of the questions. And for this series right here, I want the talent that we represent to ask founders that they may be thinking about working for uh, different questions and really understand what they're getting into when they actually apply or wanna work for a certain company. Cause I think, that it, I think that it's really important to understand who you're working for and what type of leadership is there. And you know, for a lot of, for a lot of different reasons, right? So uh, in this series, I'm allowing the talent that we represent and also talent that just may be fans of, of the brand or, or of my personal brand to submit questions and then we ask these founders these questions, right? Now, these may be questions that make them uncomfortable that they may not wanna answer or you know different things like that. But, I mean, hey, if you wanna attract good talent, you need to be real, be honest, be real. Let people know who you are, what you stand for, what you don't stand for, your non-negotiables, your belief system. All of that plays into building an excellent team and this is what this series is all about. So, on episode one, we have a founder named Liz Giorgi, right? And she is the owner of an of a tech company called Suna. Now what they do is they produce content for uh, e-commerce brands. So photos, video content, etc., all of the stuff that go into your online store or whatever that you may be using it for, this uh, tech company produces all of that material. So we have Liz on the show. She's a super dope founder and you know, I hope you all enjoy this and I hope you all get to get a little understanding of who Liz is, uh, you know, what she stands for and stuff like that. And, you know, this is episode one. Now, let's get into it. Now, we have a special, special guest. So I don't know if you all have been seeing me talking about this company sooner on my uh, on my social media. Also, if you watch the podcast interview with uh, Don says Akram, the e-com guru guy, I was talking about if you knew about Suna and stuff like that. And I had people DMing me, asking me, like, what the what the hell is Suna? So I got the founder on the fucking podcast, yo. Her name is Liz Georgie. And if you don't know what Suna is, I'm just going to let her break it down, break it down to you. She could break down everything and also let them know where to find you as well. So break down Suna them really fast and let them know where to find you absolutely happy to thank you for having me on the for the winners podcast it makes me feel like a winner to be on the podcast so that's a, that's a victorious moment already suna is a fast casual content studio we make it possible for brands to get professional photo and video for affordable prices and delivered very quickly so for your listeners the way that they can work with suna is they make a booking online they ship us their product, whether it's for their Shopify store or their Amazon store or anywhere else that they're selling products online. They can attend their shoot virtually. So they attend their shoot online, just like a Zoom meeting. And they only purchase the assets they truly love. Photos are $39 a piece. Video clips are $93 a piece. And we always deliver them in 24 hours. So we think Suna is the fastest and most affordable way to get professional photo and video for your e-commerce store. See, so... That right there, listen, listen, that this, what she just broke down is what really intrigued me about this company. And now we're going to get, we're going to go deep dive into Sona and also into Liz as well. And now 
when I first seen this company, and just to backtrack a little bit, pretty much if you have a Shopify store, you're selling anything online, say you have a product, you take the product and now you're like, damn, I need to find a way to get product shot. I need to find promotional content for my product. So you say, okay, how am I going to do this? Now you have this company where you can literally just ship over, ship over your product and they send it and they literally do the shoot for you in lightning speed time. And then you have a, you have professional content pretty much at your fingertips, pretty much any time you really want it. Now that shit is really crazy. Like for all the people who've been trying to get product shots and shit like that and videos and promotional content, you know the struggle and you know the struggle of even finding professional videographers or photographers and all of that BS. So this is what Liz is doing right now. And this company has been in stuff like TechCrunch, Business Insider, all of the all of the big platforms that you all subscribe to and get your news from. Like this is what's been going on here. And like she's just, just been going crazy. We're so, working like, hard. We're working hard to bring the news to the people. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, you know this, right? When you want to get some professional photo and video, it's actually really hard to do. You have to know a great photographer. They're probably going to have to rent a studio. It's going to take a long time to get exactly what you want. And then at the end of the day, it probably is going to cost you thousands of dollars. I always say that to get a studio rental in a city like New York, at the lowest possible price, you're going to pay a couple thousand dollars for a day rate. And so some of those costs are just prohibitive for those of us that want to be more entrepreneurial, want to try lots of different types of businesses. And so I really do hope that people will give us a shot because I think what we're ultimately trying to unlock for folks is the ability to launch more products, launch them more quickly, and help them grow their businesses as fast as possible by creating assets as quickly as possible. Yes, and I, I see that happening. So, like, first and foremost, how did this? How did this idea even come mm. about? Because I know that you had a, a a company before this. It was it's like a production company and whatever. Yes. How did this idea was sooner? You know, how did this entire yeah. Thing Santa came to be really because I was talking to customers at my first business. So I ran a production company for seven years and that exact thing I was just saying about productions costing thousands and thousands of dollars, we charged a minimum of $10,000 for a shoot. So it was very expensive for people to be able to get access to working with a professional production team. And it was really my director of animation at my first company. Her name was Haley. She and I went on a vacation together and we were saying, you know, how could we make it possible to help all the customers we've had to say no to? We have said no to way more customers than we've said yes to. What would it take to be able to give them professional photo and video that they can afford? And that is really what the first idea came from. It took us two years, actually, to build the core technology that sits underneath Suna that makes it possible for you to, you know, remote into the shoot, see all the assets as they're being created, shop them just like you would an e-commerce store. And so it took us two years to get the idea from just initial thought to a product that people could use. But I think the thing that I always say to people is listen to what customers are saying, not just the ones that you are working with, but the ones that you had to say no to or said no to you, because they will tell you what's missing in the marketplace. They will tell you what problem they're trying to solve if you are willing to really listen and, and latch onto it and, and drive towards a solution. See, and I'm very, I'm, I'm actually really excited that you just said that you pretty much told people to listen to the market. Now, this is this is this is a major problem with like entrepreneurs that I feel like today, and even a problem that I've I've even had in the past. A lot of people aren't se aren't listening to the market, so they're not selling shit that people actually want. So mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm so I'm like 
happy that you said, you know, to listen to the market and listen to what people are saying because oftentimes people will develop a product and it's not shit that people even want. And you'll see this even a lot with companies that try to get like yeah. funding and shit like that too. Like they, they're putting, it's no like product market fit. Like they don't, they don't have something that people actually desire. You know what I'm saying? They just creating. Absolutely. And solving because there's different. So I always think of it this way and I would be curious what you think of this. There are ideas that sound great to us. There are idea, ideas that sound great to our industry or niche. And there are ideas that solve problems. <laughs> and so it's the ideas that solve problems that you really do want to go out there and chase with all of your tenacity. Because there, are, I have lots of ideas. There's no shortage of ideas that I come up with on a daily or weekly basis. But very few of my ideas actually solve a problem for many, many people. And the way to get product market fit is to meaningfully improve the industry by solving a problem for your customers. And so that is when you're thinking about building a venture back business, or you're even thinking about starting an e-commerce store. You know, I was saying to a friend the other day that uh, we have some customers at Suna that have the most niche of niche businesses. You would not believe how niche some of these e-commerce stores are, but they solve a problem for the audiences they work with. A really good example, we work with a company that makes uh, disability tools for the bathroom. That's it. That's all they sell. Disability tools for the bathroom. Things like being able to lock a door while you're sitting on the toilet, or if you're disabled, being able to lift yourself off a toilet. They are a multi-million dollar store because okay. they knew exactly what problem they were solving for exactly who they were solving it for. And I think that is really, it's easy to get distracted by other beautiful ideas, but the sparkly ones that make money are the ones that solve problems. Agreed, agreed. And you literally you literally said that perfectly. So like digging more into the e-commerce space. Now I know that you are like a photography, videography, like studio. Mm-hmm. So like what made you what like what's what made you go well let me ask you this is your main focus e-com or is your main focus being a studio no i mean the studio is really just a matter of being able to service our customers with a really beautiful space and being able to get quality images for them so 90 percent of our customers are e-commerce stores and it is often that they start with us for their e-commerce images, but then they use us for other things. So then maybe they're using us, we work with a lot of coffee brands as an example. So maybe they start with some good e-commerce images, but then they go and do uh, some lifestyle images in one of our kitchen studios, or they decide to do some ads for Instagram in one of our living room studios. And so because we have these vibrant spaces that have many different environments in them, we're able to work with our clients to give them a variety of types of assets because as you know you can't just launch a store with products on white you need to launch a store that shows people how am i going to use this product how's it going to fit into my life how do i get that instagram grid that really gets them excited about following us so i can keep selling to them so there's lots of different places where content is such an important part of the play and it's absolutely crucial that uh, we are able to service them in all those different categories so Okay, so that's because that's one thing that I was like very that that's one thing that I was very curious about because I feel like the studio, I feel like the studio, not a, you clarified everything, but I feel like the studio was like a, a six figure business, but I felt like mm. the e-commerce portion of it was a multi seven figure like yeah. <laughs> like business. You know what I'm saying? So like that's what I was curious about. Like, is it, are you focused on being a studio? Or are you really digging in on e-com? You really clear, you know, really cleared it up, and that got me. Yeah. 
excited about about the idea. So uh, and just think about the life cycle of a brand, right? I'm going to launch a store today. I maybe need 15 product images, but holidays coming up. We got to make sure we get a lot of different cool Instagram ads for holiday. We might want to do a couple video ads for, you know, our Facebook accounts. Maybe you're excited about doing some YouTube videos. So really the studio is kind of tangential. It really is just the space within which we provide all this creative uh, help and support to our customers. Mm -hmm. So now I know you all have a Shopify app too, right? Yes. I feel like it's super crazy. Now, with the shop with the Shopify app, uh, pretty much people can book book the shoot through the Shopify app and like you know, explain explain the whole process of the yeah. Shopify app and how that and how that goes about. The Suna Shopify app is actually one of my favorite things about our business because it allows us to directly connect to our customer stores. So when you install the Shopify app, you actually are able to share with us your entire product listing directory. So we can see every single product you're currently selling. And then you can order photo shoots for each one of your products. So let's say you're a sock brand and you've got some back to school socks. You can ask for just shots of your back to school uh, socks and then we'll shoot those and deliver them. And one of my favorite parts is that you actually have those assets connected to the product listing page. So no downloading, no cropping, no resizing, no fussing with those images. They're just immediately connected to your product listing pages so that you have a really fast way to just keep your store updated. Uh, it costs nothing to install the student Shopify app. You only pay $39 for each photo that you order for your store. And so that's one of the other great things is that you can really try Suna, see if it works for your store. And then you are able to add those images all the car as you go and as your business grows as well. That's so fire. That's so fire. And I feel like, I feel like in the future, that can really be major. Like that can be something like that you all partner with on developers on themes and stuff like that. As yeah. Well. A lot of, a lot of, and I'm pretty sure you all already thought about this, but like a lot of themes and stuff like that come with pre-installed apps and stuff like that as well. Cause like on the photowinners.com, we sell Shopify stores. So yeah. like some of the themes and developers we work with, they already have uh, apps like installed on the store. Like for example, it's one that's called like day beautify or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe that's what we need to do is we need to set up uh, you know, a for the winter soon, a Shopify theme that shows what it could look like with all those different creative assets. Cause I think that's one of the things that people really underestimate. The data is very clear, great images sell products. <laughs> and so if you're not investing in those images, you're going to be hurting for sales. So just understand that your products can be great, but if people don't understand how to use them, they don't feel inspired by them. They're not excited to purchase. You're not going to get the sales that you want. And so getting a theme is the first step. Filling that theme with beautiful content is your next most important step. That, man, I, I really just just thinking about the Shopify, just thinking about the Shopify app and like where that can really where that can really expand is is honestly really crazy. Now, you have this product, right? But now it goes into okay, how how did you all go about promoting the product, mm -hmm. like marketing marketing the product, marketing sooner? Like, did you all have like a viral moment? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you all actually go about marketing? What was your thought? What was your entire process? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, when I think back to, we launched in April of 2019. And when I think back to that time, 
you know, we really were focused on helping brands that we thought were growing in e-commerce areas. So a really great example is we worked with a business called Bim Bamboo, which is a bamboo toilet paper company that was a direct to consumer toilet paper company. And so we helped them develop a whole bunch of new assets for their Shopify store. And then we also helped them with their Amazon product listing pages. And partnering with brands like that to help them revamp everything then actually got us three or four new customers because they'd say, oh, I, I got all these new assets shot at Suna. So we really tried to partner with brands that we thought were emerging or really exciting. And I've actually been so, because um, I was so happy because we just actually recently got to shoot all their ads for Whole Foods. So they just went nationwide. This toilet paper brand just went nationwide with Whole Foods. So we've just shot all their ads for Whole Foods. It just goes to show you that, you know, really, even when you're building a, a brand new business, you never know who's going to be that business partner that really helps you grow and really helps you get the story out there. The other thing that my co-founder and I really focused on was we tried to be at as many events and as, as doing as much conversations like these that we're doing with you today as possible, because we really believe that you know, everybody has a great idea. Many people want to get a store off the ground. And so we just wanted people to understand that the photos didn't have to be a barrier. The videos didn't have to be a barrier. And so inspiring people to try us was actually one of our big, big first steps. So we did a lot of media outreach. We did a lot of podcasts. Um, and then the final thing that we did is we actually embraced what our customers embrace. So we actually built a low-key Shopify store and actually tested our product on ourselves and tried to see, you know, what was working, what wasn't working. Uh, we built our own Instagram ads to try and show how customers could use it and try to understand what worked well there and what didn't. And I think actually putting yourself through the process of understanding what your customer goes through makes you so much more capable of helping them get onboarded and excited about using your company. So these are all things that anyone can try. They don't cost a lot of money. It's just time and effort. So have you all, have you all played and so, okay, you, uh, partnerships, which is what I feel like is major and, and is a major shortcut to a lot of, to a lot of different things. Events, yeah. Events and also just showcasing the product itself by using it itself, you know, using, using your product, you know, on your own, Yeah. which can be a painful experience sometimes when you, when you <laughs> can, can't it? <laughs> experience and it will forever be painful because you keep just growing your product but um have you all played an influencer marketing at all you know I feel like we, that's something that would be really major with some mm -hmm. planning influencer marketing playing around in that make money online niche you know, whole yeah commerce niche, yeah like that that right there would be major have you all played in that yet or no you know, we've just started talking about it. So we're just now getting to the point where we're looking at, you know, what are the right influencers for us and what are the kinds of businesses that make sense? So I think it's a, it's an emerging category that we're going to put a lot of focus on in 2021. Absolutely. It's a great insight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like, uh, feel like that'll be major. What social media platforms have you all been fo focusing on? Like yeah. You know, my co-founder and I were really excited about YouTube when we first got started. So we put a lot of emphasis on YouTube, showing the process, showing people how the business worked. Instagram is obviously huge for us. You know, we put a ton of work into Instagram. We make sure that our grid looks good every day. You know, that whole grind, it's something else. And then uh, LinkedIn is actually really big for us as well. You know, in the world of B2B, 
people are having conversations on LinkedIn. And so we put a ton of intention behind regularly doing thought leadership on LinkedIn, writing blog posts. You know, I think a, a lot of people have abandoned the blog post and the content marketing ecosystem in the last few years. It has maybe seen a little, seemed a little bit old, but uh, we're still very heavily involved with that. And, and we see a lot of traction from it. I always recommend to people that LinkedIn is a place where you would be surprised actually how much traffic you can generate for your business. That is, that is really a fact. I just started uh, jumping in on LinkedIn because like majority of my market, honestly, is on uh, Instagram, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, like stuff like that, like younger, 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 younger demographics. And mostly like, mm, I could say, Maybe if they're on, if they're dealing with Shopify, maybe fifty thousand. Well, I could say bare minimum twenty five thousand in revenue, upwards of one hundred fifty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand. That's pretty much like my market. So like that's that's mostly like on yeah Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Now you're dealing with guys that are like one fifty one hundred fifty thousand plus. So yep. like uh, now I've landed about four like four pretty pretty good clients just off the whim. Yeah. You know? just from being on LinkedIn. So like LinkedIn is like really, like really, really major. So like- If um, you have something unique to say, and I know you do, but I'm sure many of your listeners do as well. LinkedIn is a wide open field for the taking as far as I'm concerned. There's so much boring content on there. So if yeah. you can break through with something interesting, man, does it go like fire. Honestly, if you can literally be who you are on Twitter, on LinkedIn, but just with no cursing, you'll mm-hmm. break through extremely that's fast. true that's like, true <laughs> but like you'll break through like extremely fast like it's not even funny so okay now that's more so dealing with the uh well let, what about another question have you all thought about starting your own pod our own podcast yeah <laughs> yes we have here's the thing i worked in media for 10 years before i became an entrepreneur so i i worked in television and I know a lot about how to produce content. It's literally what I did for, for a career. I am intimidated to create a podcast because I really think there's so many good ones out there already. <laughs> so, you know, I get to come on your podcast and talk about e-commerce. I, you know, get to go on other podcasts and talk about Instagram marketing. I've got friends now who are running extremely successful podcasts that are just about, you know, venture financing and, and these, these niche podcasts are so successful. So I know we need to do something. I just don't know when or how we're going to do it. This is the thing with me, like, and this is what I tell other people too. Like number one, me is like, I don't focus on how big my audience Mm. is, how big my audience will be. I'm trying to really word this the right way. I'm trying to word this the right way. Okay, so you look in that larger pod, and this is to anybody out there that maybe want to start a podcast and stuff like that too. So you look at major podcasts, they have like hundreds of thousands of, of listeners, right? And I'm honestly, sure. the reason behind starting a podcast if you're an entrepreneur is, is to funnel people in to buy your fucking product or buy your fucking Oh, product. yes. So saying not to say, the way that I think about it is, look, if you have 300 listeners, 300 to a thousand listeners, that's a lot of fucking money. Like if you really building a real community, like within within your podcast, like that's a lot of fucking money. Like the way that I break it down is like, yo, okay, you got 300 listeners, but if you got your know, 300 listeners 
spending a thousand dollars with you in a year, which isn't shit. Like yeah. at all. That's three hundred thousand dollars you've made just off a three hundred person like following. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And like and that's the way that I like to really break it down is like it's like not focused on like with but focus on death like you know what i'm saying it's yeah like- you're absolutely you're talking about focusing on quality versus focusing on quantity i think that this is something that a lot of business owners really struggle with they think i've got to have 10,000 instagram followers now i need to have you know a thousand in twitter followers now and the thing i always say is listen you want quality followers more than you want quantity followers it's actually very easy to buy followers on the internet it's not that hard there's lots of services that will do that for you None of those followers, none of those listeners, none of those viewers are going to be people who are real customers. And, and it's, it's, off, it's, a, it's a way to get real followers, but they're just not quality followers. So right. Like, so like, for example, what I did today was I put out a post on Twitter and I said, um, I'm starting a private community for entrepreneurs. I'm only going to invite 100 people into the community, whatever. Yeah. Instantly we got fucking 80 like uh, people trying to sign up to get you know, to That's get, great. To get, in, to get into the community, right? Now, those are like high quality, like followers. Those are high yes. quality followers. Now, if we go on back onto that, just now this community is going to obviously grow. It's the first day that we put the tweet out there. But if we got mm-hmm. eight people in the community, and like I said, they're spending a thousand dollars with me in a year, bare minimum, like just do the math. And like, if you keep getting up, now you got a thousand people in the community spending a thousand. Like, it's literally like, it's that, it's that easy when you really just focus on like, like how you said, like death, you know, instead of, you know, instead of with and quality over, you know, quantity. Like I'm just, and me, I'm just like a big community guy. Like I'm all about yeah. branding. Like that's like, that's like my thing. You know what I'm and saying? And look how much you've built community in a very short amount of time. I mean, that's, that's the thing everyone fails to understand is that the reason why storytelling, the reason why these modalities of communication, the reason why YouTube works is because people are coalescing around an idea. It's not because they're just want they're bored and they just want to go on YouTube. It's because they are looking for a community of like-minded people who are coalescing around the same ideas, the same goals as you. And I don't know, you know, what your opinion is on this, but one of the things I think is really interesting to me is there are so many people who try to play it safe to try to talk to more people. And I think something I really like about what you're doing with this is you're saying, I'm going to be as honest as I can be. I'm going to say exactly how I feel and I'm going to be as bold as I possibly can in the process. And by the way, that's going to attract the right people to me. If you are honest and you have integrity in what you're saying and you're transparent in what you're saying, the right types of audiences will be attracted to you. That's just a fact. Exactly. 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 <laughs> that's really is that is that's really freaking true. And and with doing that too, warning to all those people out there you're going to get a lot of people hating you too for what you yes. said. Yes. There's a lot of people that try to troll me every day and stuff like that. So like, you're going to get a lot of people hating you, but you're going to get the people that actually connect with you and actually fuck with you. Like those people are going to be like, you know, your, your people just to, just to put that out there. You absolutely are going to get some trolls. But the thing that I always say is that if you don't have anyone who, who like, if you literally have zero haters, you're doing something wrong. That's, that's a fact. If you have zero haters, you are absolutely not saying bold enough things. You're not trying bold enough things. You're not being brave enough. You're not being open enough because what it's showing you 
is that something you are saying is hitting a nerve. Something you are doing is hitting a nerve. And sometimes when we hit a nerve, there's the good pain and there's the bad pain. But the good pain brings you the passion. The good pain brings you the people who really get what you're saying. And so, yeah, haters are a welcome invitation, I say. That is a fact. That is a fact. Now, now we were just talking about marketing, right? So now the ultimate goal with marketing is to make money. Now, <laughs> yes. <laughs> farther into that now, we I know that I've read some things where you've got probably like over a million dollars in funding right now for mm-hmm. uh, Suna. Now, with that being said, you had to pitch this idea, I'm guessing, a few times and go over and really get down your pitch and a mm-hmm. lot of shit to really get somebody to believe in your idea enough to invest a million dollars so like but one of the things that worried me about Suna was the fact that Suna was competing on price and I'm pretty sure that uh, investors probably asked you like what's your plan with Suna competing on price yeah like what's your strategy to combat that yeah you know I think the thing that we have always said is we're raising money because we're building a technology company and we're able to compete on price because we're building technology that helps make asset creation easier. If we were just a service-based business where, you know, you're hiring a photographer and they're going to shoot something for you, then that would be problematic. But at the end of the day, we were able to raise money and we were able to scale as quickly as we've been able to scale because we are building a technology business first and foremost. We have a guiding principle inside of Suna and it's plastered all over everything, which is that we are here to empower creativity with technology. We really believe that creativity as an industry and just the sort of world of production as an industry has not evolved at all really in the last 20 years. I always laugh when I look at some of the innovations that camera companies are coming out with as an example. It's like, oh, wow, you finally have an app. Like, you know, be so proud of yourself. When really, there's just so much room for someone to step in and really bring technology to the forefront of the process. One of the things we recently launched is the ability to add a model to your shoot in booking. You can add a dog model in your shoot for $99 at Stuna. And that is because we are driving technology solutions to make that possible. These are not things that the industry has even tried to do before. So I stand by our price because I think one, we know that it makes sense for a customer. And two, we also know the path to profitability with that price uh, based on our technology investments. So I like, I like, I like how you were, how you worded, uh, how you worded that response, how you worded that response. And you pretty much saying that you're not a service business, you're a tech company. (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're a tech yeah. company and that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense uh with you competing uh on price that makes that makes a lot of sense now there's i love that saying, you're worrying about the economics of our business i mean it really it's like a it's a very enduring to me <laughs> i like the idea you know i want you all to really you know yeah well thank you i like that you care <laughs> so now, another thing with the price, people are saying that you're ruining the photography industry. Now, mm-hmm. I know a lot of photographers because you're driving down a price of photography. Now, yeah. what, do you, what, do you, what do you say about, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, no, that I'm, I'm very aware of that comment. <laughs> very aware of that comment. You know, 
one of the first things I always tell people is Haley and I, my co-founder and I, we're creatives. I worked in television. She was a professional animator. We were people who were part of a longstanding tradition in our industry of really a freelancer contractor economy where people move from gig to gig and project to project and there wasn't a lot of job stability and there really was not an investment in each individual creative. One of the things that we as a co-founding team decided from the very beginning was we wanted to create the best possible full-time jobs that we could for creative people. And it doesn't mean that there doesn't, there isn't a place for all types of creatives. There will always be the place for the gig creative, for the freelancer creative. But if you were graduating from college with a photography degree, what options did you have for a full-time photography job anywhere in this country? There were zero. And so what we're really proud of is that we offer all of our creatives full-time jobs with benefits. They have really competitive 401ks and really competitive uh, employee perks. The types of things that you see other Silicon Valley companies doing for engineers, we're trying to do for creatives because we believe in the value of creativity that much. So while I understand that there are certainly many creatives out there who maybe feel like Suna is disrupting the market in such a way that negatively impacts them, the thing that I would say is we're trying to champion a world where you're not having to fight for every single penny from customers who do not value what you're contributing. And I think we're, we're successfully showing that it's going to be possible. And I'm extremely hopeful that we'll actually be able to set a trend with the industry in general of hiring creative people full-time, of giving them full-time jobs and really valuing what they do day in and day out. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that's, that's what comes with any company that disrupts an industry. I mean, look at Uber. That's a prime. Mm -hmm. Like any company that really disrupts the industry, stuff like that happens. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a part. Of, I don't want to say it's a part of the game, but I mean, like, that's just what happens when certain competitors, you know, come in and really, yeah. you know, kind of like change, change things around. You know what I'm saying? But I was just curious on what you thought, you know, about people saying, you know, it happens yeah. it happens like i said i'd be doing something wrong if i wasn't ruffling a couple feathers along the way so you know it's it's we've heard it many times and i'm conscious of it i really hope that you know if you're if you're not going to choose suna you're going to go hire another photographer that you do honor their day rates that you do honor their pricing and if you want to have pricing that looks more like suna then you honor our pricing and you use our rates and so it's just a matter of folks understanding what kind of service they're really interested in and what kind of budget they have and what they're going to pay. Cause you see Sona like, um, now this is me just always thinking about the community thing and digging in on that. And I feel like this is a, uh, this is a way that pretty much like you walk is expand in some way, but like it being like a subscription product in some way. So like mm -hmm. say, um, like certain products have like for example certain products have seasons like yeah. you have a certain product it may you, ha you may have to market differently in the winter versus sure. the summer versus the spring so like you would set up something like where you will pretty much have a preset model campaign model or something like that and then yeah. they can plug in like when they send you the products during each season and whatever and it's like a pretty much pretty much a subscription-based model. And then, it, and then it'll be another way for like, I don't know, not even just speaking for Sona, but just a way for companies to like be able to predict revenue like in some, in some way. You know what I mean? 100%. If you think about, it really doesn't, 
matter what kind of business you're, you're running online, you know, whatever kind of e-commerce store you're running, we know that you're going to be up refreshing your content. You're going to be constantly adding new products. You're going to be, if you're growing, hopefully you're going to be adding more SKUs to each one of those products, adding more colors. There are countless ways in which your business can grow if you're successful. And if each one of those businesses is successful, then Suna is also successful because every time you add that new color, we're going to take your pictures to match the other colors. Every time you want to change it for the seasons, we're going to take your pictures to match your brand style. So could you see, so could you see Suna being a subscription product? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's something we talk about a lot. It's something that we hope to be able to offer in the future. Really at this point, you know, we're trying to keep up with the growth that we have and starting to look at options like subscription in 2021. Uh, we're starting to look at options like, you know, being able to have uh, creatives sign up for different types of roles in 2021. I mean, imagine being able to hire a food stylist, say you're a food brand selling online, being able to hire a food stylist and just think of all the different parts of the business where there's just potential to make your life easier as an e-commerce store. My job as a CEO, Suna, is to make as many e-commerce store owners' jobs as easy as possible and to make their stores as beautiful as possible. Have, have you ever heard of the H-Hub? Yes. I feel like you all would be a very good uh, part. You all can form. Well, they like people. beauty too. <laughs> yes. I feel like that would like be fire. That would definitely be fire. If you all well, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. I'd be really curious when you think about, you know, you talk to lots of different types of stores. You talk to lots of different types of categories of stores. When you look at who really stands out, who makes a big impact, the, the stores that go from zero to a million really fast, what are the things that they're doing differently or make them special that makes their customers more excited about them? It is very fast. Number one is branding. That's number one, literally like top, top, top of literally everything is brand, community, and content. Those three mm -hmm. things, brand, mm -hmm. community, content, and literally, and honestly, in that order. Because number one, if, if you're not really laser focused on who you are as a brand, you won't ever be able to market effectively at all. So sure. number one is brand, then community next, because once you develop a good brand, then you start attracting a good community. Then you start flourishing all of that shit in there. Now you need to know what should you make. Like yeah. you're making stuff prior to that because you're trying to attract people. So, okay, now you are attracting people, but now you pretty much, now you need to know like what exactly should you make? Now you're digging back yeah. and saying, Hey, like, um, what should I be making? And then they tell you, and then you make content off of that. So literally number one brand community and, uh, and content so that's what i feel like the best the best type of uh e-commerce brands have and the ones that really flourish those are the ones that you know you know really 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 go far so i think one of the things you really hit on so well there too is these are interconnected things i think so many companies think well if i just have a good brand then i'll be able to figure out the content or if i just have a community they'll tell me what the brand is the truth is, is none of these are disconnected items. These are all interconnected. If you're doing one well, it will certainly help 
cultivate community as an example, but you have to put intention behind building that community. You have to nurture that community. Don't go a month being silent. You've got to be constantly present and constantly in their feeds. And so I think even just the way that you explain that as being part of an interconnected ecosystem of success is so valuable for people to hear. Thank you. I, pre- I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Now, uh, another thing that I, another thing that I wanted to uh, dig into was okay, building a team. So, mm. <laughs> what's your process on hiring creatives? What is our process on hiring creatives? Oh goodness, it's quite the process. So, there's there's really two key parts. We really ask for no egos. Check the ego at the door. One of the things that proliferates a lot in the world of of creatives is sort of this idea of it's my way or the highway and that just isn't going to work at Suna. So no egos at the door. We do a really quick portfolio review to make sure that the work itself is up to par. But then as part of the creative process, we actually do something that's called an edit test. So we actually give those creatives examples of the type of content we create and then ask them to edit that content according to our standards. And that's an awesome way to really suss out whether or not someone, one, can understand the process and two, can meet the standards our customers are used to. Because keep in mind, we want to make sure that our customers continue to be happy with the product that they're getting from us. So we, we put a lot of intention behind that. The other thing that I would generally say, and I don't just apply this to creatives, I apply this across the board from finance to engineering to human resources. I am not really interested in resumes. I'm interested in people. So when somebody uh, is really applying for a job at Suna, we try to have them write a cover letter and read each one of those cover letters so that we understand who is this person? What do they value? What are they excited about? Because sometimes a resume is just like a list of places you had a stopover. Whereas a cover letter that really tells someone's story actually allows us to see who's this person at their core and how do we get them excited about fitting in at Suna? Or do we think that they're going to have a good experience here? So we try not to be too resume heavy, which I think a lot of businesses overemphasize. When hiring creatives, though, how how are you testing their creativity? Mm-hmm. How are you doing that? Yeah, a lot of it is, you know, portfolio review, making sure that they've shot a lot of different types of things. If you go to someone's portfolio and it's just one type of photo, that's a that's a red flag. The second thing is we do ask this one question, which I think is is a really good one to ask anybody, whether it's a web designer or a copywriter or a photographer. We simply ask them my style is the opposite of yours. What is your first step to embracing my style? And really seeing what is, what is their process? Well, how do they think about getting into the headspace of someone who has an opposite look of feel and feel from them? And you can tell pretty quickly whether or not people have a good skill for trying diverse styles or if they're really stuck in the style that they're used to. Cause that's a, cause that, that's 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 a good, that's a great question that you know for you to ask. And what made me ask this question is, Suna has a certain aesthetic. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I noticed. Suna has a certain aesthetic. Now, <laughs> say if you have a person like, you know, who Chief Keef is. You ever heard of Chief Keef? No, I, I gotta look him up. <laughs> <laughs> so Chief Keef, right? Chief Keef is like a a trap rapper, right? He's like okay. a super trap rapper, like guns, like shoot them up fuck everybody up right oh boy okay <laughs> so say 
Chief Keith says, yo, Suna, I need you to make products for my store. Do you yeah. think Suna would be able to accomplish that with, with something yes. that's so right field? You know what I'm saying? Even even down to the models that you would have to pick. Yes. That you have to pick. Mm-hmm. Suna will be able to will be able to accomplish something like that. Or is Suna more of a it drives towards which is nothing wrong with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or is Suna more so a certain type of aesthetic? You know, we share a certain aesthetic in large part because it attracts the most customers, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But in terms of what we shoot in the background, I mean, I, we have shot everything from camo uh, outback survivalist clothing to people who are doing um, Viking yaller horn beer mugs to you know fashion for people who think it's the end of the world to, you know, we, we've shot content for every side of the political spectrum, believe it or not. Uh, we've shot Hyper Americana, and then we just did a shoot with a company that is from Scandinavia that wanted to do a super, super minimalist set. And so our job is really to be able to say, listen, whatever your dream is, we're going to make that a reality. Now, being smart about your marketing and understanding what attracts the most customers to your website, what gets the most people to click through on an ad, what we're discovering is that those bright, poppy, colorful looks that we tend to promote, those are the things people click on. They like those bright colors. It stands out to them on the feed. And so you'd be surprised how many companies that are selling mostly camo or mostly, you know, super uh, outdoorsy looks actually end up clicking on a pink ad. The first ad they click on is a pink ad. Yeah, because that was one thing that, uh, that was one thing that, uh, I was worried about it. and one thing that I uh, wanted to see like where where Suna was on the on the creative spectrum was it more so niche down with the type of projects that it pretty much works on or was it you know really all across and this is something that I even had trouble with uh, with our website so for example I had a, a real estate lady she hit me up she's man I love this lady so much but uh, she ended up she ended up hitting me up she was like, uh, yo, well, she didn't say yo, I'm always just saying. <laughs> That's yo, okay, I understand. <laughs> I need, uh, what the fuck did she ask me? She was like, I need a website or something like that. And I sent her the link and I was like, yeah, just go through uh, go through our you know, our portfolio, boom, boom. And she was like, well, I don't think you all can really do this because we were, because pretty much we were like only designing in a certain like. Oh, I see. You know what I'm saying? And then I figured out it was like, me personally, I kind of prefer to only design towards a certain, a certain, uh, yeah, a certain but audience. You know what I'm we saying? We work with, we work with 20, we have 25 photographers on staff now. And so they all have very different, uh, styles, if you will, that are kind of their comfort zone styles, but then they have to be able to be flexible and go in different directions. So, Yes, I would say all of them learn a certain set of kind of standard styles, but then there are people who are more comfortable in one area versus another. So I do think it's important to be flexible. I also think trends change. You know, uh, right now, the, the colorful pops of, of brights will, are working for us, but we're testing some ads for Q4 that are much more minimalist, much more, you know, simple, simple, simple. And so it's really just about understanding how do you flex and understand what customers are excited about. The other thing I would just tell you is one thing we launched at Suna that's been really successful is something called a style quiz. 
So we identified nine common styles for e-commerce stores, kind of the look and feel that people tend to choose. And then we created a quiz that our customers can take that helps them identify what is their style. Because even though this customer that you're talking about said that maybe you guys couldn't design that way, the truth is, is I oftentimes I don't think customers actually know what they really want. They don't. They need to actually look at a lot of options and then be told what it is exactly that they want. That honestly just pissed me off when you just when you just said that because I just had a bunch of and that was one of the reasons just to go we're gonna move on to another question, but that was one of the reasons why I like product size a lot of my uh services and said you're gonna get this because I wanted to increase the speed in which we were creating shit. So like, yeah. I kind of like said, look, you want to this, this, and this, because we were just running into so many people who were like, oh, this is, you know, I'm not even gonna go there. But anyway, <laughs> um, you are absolutely. Right. Well, I mean, this is why people love you, because you, you say the truth and you don't pretend. <laughs> man, that just made me mad. Let's let's frighten the mood. Um. <laughs> so, like, all right, so. Now, everything is going, the shit hits the fan with Sona. Let's just put mm-hmm. that around. Everything is just going to waste. What is Liz's system for processing issues? How do you process issues? Yeah, wow. What a great, insightful question. I love this question. You know, because this, one of the this first things I always do. Go ahead, go ahead. What's go ahead. that? Go ahead. Go ahead. You can talk. Go ahead. Yeah. One of the first things I always do is I try to focus in on what are what am I trying to solve for right now? Sometimes problems uh, will come to us as like a complete shit storm of issues, right? Like it's like, this is breaking, this is breaking, this customer is unhappy, this isn't working, you know, whatever it is, it'll come to us as a giant amalgamation of problems. What I try to do first is I just write down, this is every problem I think are, is happening, but here's what we're actually trying to solve for. We're trying to solve for, we're, maybe we're over understaffed. Maybe we're trying to solve for the fact, it, the fact of the matter is, is that we get too many bookings in the morning. And so we need to incent more bookings in the afternoon. You know, there's all kinds of things that when you actually get away from just all your problems and try to focus more on what are the things we can solve, it really does sort of cut out the crap in the middle of just getting overly dramatic about it. The other thing I always really tell people is that if something isn't working in your company, you should kill it. (laughs) Don't keep trying to fix something that's so broken that it cannot be fixed. And it's totally okay to admit defeat about something not working. When we launched this company last year, Haley and I went to market with packages. So instead of just paying a la carte, you would actually buy a photo package or a video package. This did not work. Nobody understood it. It was a disaster. We had customer service inquiries that were so deep, we could not even begin to answer them all. And I finally just said one day, why are we trying to fix this with more communication and more customer service agents and more website pages? How about we just kill it and start again? And believe it or not, killing killing something that isn't working and starting again can oftentimes be the path to success. And so I always tell people, don't be afraid to let go of something. Don't get overly attached. It's very painful. It's very painful. Mm -hmm. painful. But yeah, so I like like your answer with that. Now we're approaching towards the end, sadly. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what is Liz listening to 
listen, listening to and watching for just speaking of business, what are you listening okay. to and watching business-wise? Who are you paying attention to? Like entrepreneurs are businesses because I tend to, to hold them slightly differently. Both. So like okay. if you want to learn more about something, if you want to, you know, increase your entrepreneurial IQ, you know what I'm saying? Like who are you paying attention to? Yeah. No. So one person I'm paying a lot of attention to is Jacqueline Fu. She has a brand called Pepper. Pepper is a bra company. Um, earlier in this podcast, I was talking about niche businesses that are doing very well. Her business is one of those businesses. Multi-seven figure business in a very short amount of time, focusing on a very specific segment of customers. So Jacqueline Fu of wearpepper.com is a great brand to go check out and kind of follow their progress. Another brand that I'm spending a lot of time looking at is actually brands that are in kind of replacing traditional services. So a brand like Manny Me, if you haven't seen them already, they are a manicure company that ships you nails that are the shape of your fingernail. So you take a picture of your hand and your fingernails and they send you gel stickers for your fingers, replacing the need to go to the salon. So Manny Me, M-A-N-I. M E. I think this pandemic has really introduced innovation in lots of categories and replacing services that we're typically used to appreciating in person is one of them. And then finally, you know, I will probably for the rest of my life be, you know, deeply obsessed with Andrew Yang. I think Andrew Yang is a really smart entrepreneur. I think he's really, really insightful person. And more than anything, I love listening to him talk because it makes me feel like business can solve problems in this country. They don't have to be at odds. And I think that's a positive message for all of us. So I like that. I like that. And, and guys and gals, look, I'm going to put everything down in the description. Everything she just said, all of the companies, all of that will be down in the description. Also, you know, I'm going to just keep tweeting this shit out. So <laughs> that out there too so i have a coupon too for your people for your listeners i had a coupon prepared just for y'all um let's go. so uh for any of your listeners that want to try suna and i decided to ask the team i want them to be able to get one free video clip or one free photo their choice and all they have to do is use my name liz l-i-z as a coupon code at checkout and they'll get one free so give us a shot all right look that's that's really love i might that is really love oh my goodness <laughs> we want to help people out i it's a weird time i want people to start a store if you've been thinking about starting a store you need to go get a for the winners template and then you can come use a suna photo i'll help you get your first photo for free and you'll start on your entrepreneurial journey before you even knew it there we go there we go so look that was suna that was liz if you need photos for your e-commerce store you go through sooner you send them your product they send the shit back to you probably by the time you log out and that's and that is freaking sooner so liz let them know where to find you one more time before we get out of here yeah, you can go to suna.co, S-O-O-N-A.co, and use the code Liz at checkout. And if you just want to keep caught up with us, you can follow us on social media at Suna Studios. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, all the places. We can't wait to see you. Bam. There you go. Thank you all for watching the Photo Winners podcast and listening to it. And make sure you all interact with all of my shit on social media or I will. No, I'm just joking. I love you all. Thanks. For yeah, watching. thank you so much. <laughs> all right, there we go.